Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone and welcome to Dice Roll, the greatest Pathfinder podcast on the planet. We ask the hard questions like, "Do all food dogs go to heaven?" And before we can answer, um, <laughs> I, I hate to break it to you uh-huh. all, but I fucked up. You fucked up. <laughs> I, 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 I fucked, fucked up, up real bad. Um, I was fact checking myself before we started. You know, like, uh, do you know? Oh, this will be funny. Uh, food dogs. You know, like the Chinese myth. Do all dogs go to heaven? Do all food dogs go to heaven? <laughs> that'll be that'll be funny. Turns out in Galarian they do all live there already. <laughs> Technically in Nirvana, but that's like heaven for neutral good people, so it's close enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> they live there, but they can go other places if they want. Yeah, so they can go to heaven quite literally. I fucked up. You I buffoon. This is my apology. <laughs> I didn't do a good job as your GM this time. Yeah, fuck off. Well, uh, so, uh, branching off of this, we are now hiring a new DM. So if you are, uh, <laughs> go ahead and hand in your portfolio, send it to me or Dave or uh, Luna, and we will go over it, and uh, hopefully the hiring process will be a little bit smoother. Well, okay. <laughs> there I ask, what are you looking for in a new GM? Like, like, out of, out of curiosity, what's going to replace me? I don't know, like a fat ass. You not think my ass is fat? <laughs> Be honest. Let's it's play okay. some Pathfinder. I, I... <laughs> Let's get into this session today, guys. <laughs> We've got a big one ahead of us. <laughs> That's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> so, previously in Fists of the Ruby Phoenix, our heroes went to a never-ending market seeking out vengeance on Satsumaimo Degenerus, a merchant who had fraudulently sold uh, Shi Chuji a pair of cursed hand wraps. In revenge, Chuji stole another item, which also happened to be cursed. Soon after, they set out to Shellen's Comb, a natural formation on the edge of Goka, where many beautiful cafes are, in order to have a lunchtime meeting with one of the sponsors, Kasohida. When they arrived, however, they found Kasuhida arguing with Aldenar Unnar, Hida's ex-husband and would-be sponsor of another team, the Biting Roses. You braved conversation and tried to uh, settle the two's dispute, only to have your lunch interrupted by a set of shadowy assassins from the realm of the Fae, Anku! Which was, uh, I honestly think, preferable to uh, putting up with that conversation between the two spurned lovers. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, somehow, this made it all better. <laughs> somehow. However, the plot thickened when Masami revealed that not only did they know what these Anku were, they also know 
who was behind the assassination attempt. Now, let me weave you all a little story, shall I? A man opens a door to his house. He wipes sweat from his brow as he enters, holding in his hand a bag full of hot noodles which he purchased from a nearby food cart. He puts the food down on the table and Hiroshi Takahara looks around his meager apartment. His eyes settle on the door to the master bedroom, the biggest and most beautiful bedroom in this small cramped apartment, and the only bedroom with a window. He knocks on the door, no response. He leans in and says, Hey, kid, I'm coming in. He opens the door, only to find that there is nobody present. Though the windows are wide open. Looks like the lock is busted. But freshly so. Like someone was in a hurry. Hiroshi sighs and he shrugs his coat off and then hops through the window, landing with a tumble on the roofs of the many apartments of this part of Goka. He quickly surveys the horizon and his eyes settle on a shadow, flitting through the rooftops, fleeing from him. Looks like he arrived just in nick of time. He runs, chasing after them, calling out to this person. And eventually Hiroshi catches up with them. They are young. What would you say, like 12, 13 years old? About 12, 13, yeah. Can you describe what this person looks like? They look like they're from Minkai. Short hair really dark clothes almost as if it's a uniform and the only telltale sign is their eyes that this is actually a kitsune Hiroshi chases them I assume also they are absolutely not staying where they are they are running right they race at breakneck speeds leaping and soaring and tumbling through the tiled roofs of the city this game this dance between the two of them Fleeing and pursuing finally comes to an end when Hiroshi corners the figure at the edge of a tall building with a long drop into the bay behind them. The figure turns and Hiroshi approaches them, hands up. Hey, 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 kid. It's okay. It's all good. I'm not going to hurt you, but we should really go inside. I got some food. It's your favorite, too. Come on. I don't want to fight you, kid. Just come on. Let's do it the easy way. Come back with me, okay? And he kind of flashes you uh, a, a charismatic smile. No! I'm your prisoner! I should be tortured or killed on my attempt of your boss's life. So why keep me here? Why are you caring for me? What do you hope to even gain from all of this? Hiroshi puts a hand on his hip for a moment, brow furrowed as he looks at you, like he's puzzling you out. He kind of clicks his tongue and says, Well, you got one thing right, kid. You should be dead. The Golden League doesn't generally let people who attack the high-ranking members walk free, you know? But I don't agree with that. Listen, let me put it this way. So long as I'm part of all of this, I'm not letting anyone hurt you. Not my boss, not anyone else, nobody. But my question is, is that going to be true if you go back? The people that you work for, kid, succeed or fail... I don't know if there's anyone out there gunning for you not to get hurt. Kids don't generally act the way you do unless they've been... Well, yeah. He kind of shrugs a little bit. They... kind of sigh forcefully and look at the ground. This whole time they haven't been looking at him. 
and they just mutter, Maybe that's exactly what I deserve. Hey, kid, she kind of takes a step forward, uh, not coming too close, hands raised, but like, you know, reassuringly. Hey, hey, hey. Face back up. Kid, you're just a child. That's what it comes down to. You're a kid, and a kid shouldn't be wrapped up in stuff like this. You're someone whose whole life is in front of them, and you're still talking like you're in death's row. I can't stomach that. I don't want to chain you up or treat you like a prisoner or punish you. I want to give you a second chance. That's what all of this has been. Hiroshi goes quiet for a moment before looking up at you and meeting your eyes and says, So how about it? We can keep doing this if you want. I can keep letting you escape and I can keep chasing after you. But I want you to know I'm not doing this because I think you're a bad person. I'm doing it because it's safer for you right now to lie low. So let's go back. Have some of that ramen I picked up, okay? They hesitate for more than a moment. It's hard to see, but they actually start tearing up, and little by little they start turning into a kitsune. So the tails kind of like weave out and the ears pop up, or how, how does this look? Their tails do, well, their tail pops out, only one. Ooh. And they're kind of silhouetted by the moon. So Hiroshi can only really see a slight transformation in their face until it becomes a bit more fox-like. And once it's slightly audible to him that they've been silently crying, they stand up straight, count to five, and say, Fine. I'll go back. Hiroshi gently offers you a hand. You don't have to take it, but it's there. I don't think they do, but they do nod in tempered appreciation. <laughs> and Hiroshi, that's enough. He drops his hand and he smiles and he says, No matter what, I'm going to take care of you. And from today on, you can consider yourself a Takahara, okay? And he kind of smiles at you and he tries out your full name. Reiko Takahara. And that's where that flashback ends. And so, ten years have passed. A kitsune, an undyne, a dampir, a human, an elf, and a wirewood sit in a bar. It's still the early afternoon, so not many people are in this tavern, and you find yourselves in quite a quiet part of town. Do you know how goddamn difficult it is to find a quiet part of Goka? <laughs> Yes! Pretty hard. Not that difficult if your name is Masami Takahara and you know the streets <laughs> like the back of your hand. <laughs> the radiant winds and the biting roses sit around a round table in this speakeasy tavern. There is no one else around except for a few stragglers who clearly are uninterested in anything you have to say. Yurika Mulandez, Lantondo, and Artus Rodrivan sit with you, curious to hear what you have to say now. Masami, not 15 minutes ago, you dropped a hell of a bombshell on the Biting Roses and the rest of your party. That you know more than what you are letting on about these mysteries enveloping the Ruby Phoenix tournament. And now both parties eagerly await to hear what the fuck you mean by ninjas. Eureka looks at each of you one by one and then kind of inhales and says, Well, whatever this is all about... I think the Biting Roses are ready to listen. Um, and she kind of glances at uh, Chuji and Sanku. How are you two doing? 
Ah, uh, Sengu's just a little worried. Yeah, Shiji's also worried, but they're, they're definitely confused about it. They, they don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys know about ninjas? I mean, like, Sengu mentioned yeah. that he remembers basically that they're assassins. Okay. And they're sort of sneaky and like quiet, and that you're uh, not supposed to see them. Exactly. So nothing. Which? That's what you know. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> well, yeah. Senka grew up in a little fishing village. He could tell you about all of the kinds of fish. He could not tell okay. you about the ninja clans. He okay. probably is aware that there are ninja clans. That's about what he knows. Chuji <laughs> uh, would know anything that's in a museum. <laughs> Okay, well, in that case, Chuji, you know that ninja clans are like, um... Well, like, saying ninja clan is kind of like saying a breed of dog, you know? Um, yeah. No two ninja clans are alike. You've got uh, heroic ones who liberate the poor and stop tyrannical nobles. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, ones who are just out for themselves. And you've got some pretty brutal assassins out there, you know? Yeah. The one thing you know is that no matter what their goal is, they accomplish that goal through subterfuge and stealth. Working from the shadows mm. rather than standing in the light. Masami, you seem to be more generally knowledgeable in the topic than anyone else here, for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, and everyone's looking to you. How are you doing before we start? They are very carefully trying to pick out their words. They are very much in the camp of trying not to say the wrong thing or reveal too much. Um, they have their back turned to everyone, their arms crossed as they think. But once they're ready to talk, they turn around and go, Sorry, I... I had to find some place that was safe. That's fine, it's like a serious topic. Antondo kind of leans in like... Are we in any danger? Oh, I don't like that pause at all. Oh. <laughs> he kind of, like, leans back. He kind of leans back, trying to lighten the mood a little bit, but uh, I think your silence is actually starting to make him nervous. They sigh and say, Our enemies have eyes, and that's not the only one I'm worried about. Artis nods at you a little bit and says, Well, um, whenever you're ready... We're happy to listen to you. So, of the ninja clans that are famous, or at least famous, infamous, infamous, well-known, in Tiansha, one uses those creatures that I know of, and they use them quite frequently, efficiently, and very well. The only reason that they lost was because we were there. This group is called the Yoni's Mask. They are the definition of assassins. Sometimes they send out these creatures, sometimes others, sometimes even Onis themselves. Or they send one of their own. Was one of them there? Not that I could see. As far as I'm aware, the only creatures, the only people to have attacked us was those Anku. Mm-hmm. Eureka kind of like leans back in her chair a little bit like she's trying to figure this out and says um and you got all of this from the fact that Ankus were used 
Surely anyone motivated to kill could have also used Anku's, right? What else is there pointing at this Oni's Mask faction? Before the tournament started, I got a tip from a trusted confidant that they were on the move again. And they the only reason that they had something the only reason that they were active again was more than likely because of the Ruby Phoenix tournament. Right. These ninjas show up on your radar, or rather, your confidant's radar, just in time for the Ruby Phoenix tournament, and then two Ruby Phoenix sponsors have an assassination attempt made on them. Hmm. It almost seems plausible. So they're trying to tamper with the tournament? Seems like it. Whether it's... something... subtle, like trying to frame deaths on a couple teams or as grand scale as portals showing up where they shouldn't be Artis kind of raises an eyebrow and says you don't think that the ruby phoenix is involved with these kinds of people do you no fucking way they are if there's anything that I've learned about the ruby phoenix is that she is calculated and she takes steps towards her own safety I honestly don't know if she is in with this, but at the same time, like I said before, I think thinking from that angle isn't going to get us anywhere. I've been running myself in circles trying to think about that. What do you think their goals are, though? Just, what do they get out of framing us? What do they get out of that? Because if they just ruined our reputation and just sent us to prison or whatever, that would just be bad for us, not good for them. Well, that's one less team to deal with. Are you saying that you think there's a team that's doing this? I mean, if they're fucking with the tournament, there's only one reason to do that, and that's to win the tournament. I mean, hey, no offense, but look at the last guys who tried to do it. Antondo kind of, like, leans back in his seat and says, Wait, what happened last time? You mentioned it before, but I wasn't following. What? What happened at the last Ruby Phoenix? Well, the last time someone tried to cheat, it was, you know, to win the tournament. The Golden League. Montondo kind of glances around the table and says, I'm sorry, another question. Why would anyone be offended by that? No reason, but I... Uh, I think, I think Lontondo kind of like pulls back and says, Well, I'm not paying attention to whatever all of this is. I'm removing my nose from all of it. Uh, he doesn't have a nose, I should point out. You sure are, but if these guys are connected to someone, I guess that's the only reason I can think of. Artis kind of, like, folds his arms a little bit, and he looks up and says, You're all missing something. Yeah. And last time I checked, and perhaps it works differently with ninjas, but assassins don't tend to work for free. Obviously not. So either they want something, or someone with a lot of money wants something. I'll be honest, I thought about that too. And what did you conclude? Were you guys around for when Devil's Dews killed the Ruby Phoenix? Eureka nods a little bit. Yes, you mentioned um, the H-pop artist who attempted to kill the Ruby Phoenix. Well, I've been told that it's no big deal. Like considering my confidant, he only said that was because he only said that because I had company. It's a bit of a deal. I can't exactly remember the specifics of who was on their ship when they escaped, but. It was with the 
Empress's guard. Lantondo kind of like rolls his wrist a little bit and he says, um, well, yes, it, all the ships did have guards, including the butterfly blades, but every single one of those is a passenger vessel. There were dozens of other teams on each ship, winners and losers alike. What teams were on that ship then? That's what we should find out. The other thing that we should think about is who else has money rather than the Empress. That is the easy idea. The sponsors? Eureka kind of leans on her hand a little bit and she says, Yes, but we've seen the money already, haven't we? The platinum coins, the ancient one that was warped by magic. And Lantondo kind of interrupts and says, Yeah, it's the same kind of conjuration magic used by you-know-who. Lantondo folds his four arms and says, Well, it's an ancient type of coin, isn't it? 300 years old? I think there's a silence for a hot minute. Um, before yeah. Eureka slowly turns to you, Chuji, and she says, Chuji, how many years ago did Hao Jin vanish from Galarian again? I don't get why... I... Ugh. Why would she do that to her own tournament? I get what you're trying to imply, but why would she do that? I don't know. I wish I could just reach into her head and find out, but there's no way to know. Eureka looks at you and says, But being frank... I don't think... I don't think that she did it. I don't think she did either. Now, I'm not going to try to pass judgment and say that she's secretly a good person or secretly an evil person, but to me, doesn't this all seem a little too contrived when she already has the power that she wants? What else could she want? That's why I think someone is trying to make her look guilty or something. I don't... I just don't think she's done anything. Well, (laughs) I'm sure she's done stuff before, but like... Uh, Lantondo kind of taps the table a bit and says, Maybe so, but recall the magic that you yourselves have said she has used, those portals. Haojin is the only person in recorded history able to wield such a power. I don't think she's done anything here. Well, yes, of course, but at the same time, your other option is that someone else out there has had this power for aeons and yet has played nice and stayed to the shadows and not used their powers at all until exactly now. That's not how things work. Whatever you say, but that's not how she works either. Lantondo kind of folds his arms and reclines and says, Unlike my good friend Yarika here, I think there is good reason to be wary of Haojin's motivations. And this is what I mean by running ourselves in circles. Artis nods slowly and says, Masami is right. We don't have the full picture. There are still clues missing. We have to look at this from angles and put aside emotions. We have to theorize and not let anything cloud us. Someone with money. Who else wants power? I feel like out of the sponsors, there is someone who does. Oh? I said our, our enemy's not the only one who has eyes. The spider has many people looking out for him and doing his work. Artis tilts his head and says, Lord Bukintagora, the Lone Shark. Bleh. Being a Lone Shark is already suspicious enough. <laughs> Certainly he has the means to do so, money-wise. But he doesn't strike me as an all-powerful spellcaster. Personally, probably not. But but the team that he wants to sponsor probably does. They all kind of glance at each other and turn back to you inquisitively. Do you remember who he went to immediately on our first day? The Lightkeepers, yes. They have two very keen magical users. 
Something you know, uh, Masami, is that they, at the very least, are not members of Oni's Mask. That is the information that you sought out from Faye uh, on Danger Island. You did a background check on them, and it seemed to her that there was no links to any ninja clans in them. I don't like the Light Keepers, and they've given me no reason to believe that they're good people. I actually think that they're quite bad people. Erika hums, and she says, uh, They're bullies, I'll say that much. But is that enough to pin them as villains in this story? They do seem to be interested in power, not saying that they, they did or didn't do it. That's just what I've noticed. They're interested in something, and the spider has something that both parties probably do want. Again, this is another theory. Out of possibly infinite. Mm, the other thing to keep in mind, Lantondo rubs his face a little bit. If we're talking about an all-powerful spellcaster who can rip apart time and space on a whim, I don't think it's a team that you, uh, pardon my language, but whoops the fucking asses of in front of the Empress of Goka, who are somehow <laughs> behind it That's all. That's true. One thing to that point. They stand up straight and their two tails become... Actually... Yep, they stand up straight and their two tails become eight. Oh, shit. <laughs> I think the others kind of jump at that. You forget one thing ab about ninja clans. And about tactics in general. You never show your trump card. You never show your real power unless you absolutely have to. I'm not saying to pin this on them immediately. That would be stupid. I'm saying be cautious. Keep your eyes open. Don't let anything jump you. This I have been investigating this since this start, and before the start of this tournament. There's everything and anything to learn from every minute. Don't waste it. Eureka nods a little bit and says, Alright. And Eureka kind of stands up and she says, um, Tomorrow is the exhibition match. We'll be battling it out, and, and our sponsors will be choosing the teams that they wish to follow up on. We'll keep it silent. But if you need us to ask around, don't hesitate. We have good connections with the other teams, as do you, I'm sure. It would be appreciated, just please be careful of your words. Lantondo puts a wooden finger up to his wooden lips and says, You can count on our discretion, of course. Good. I think they stand up, and uh, they're about to leave when... um. Eureka turns and looks to all of you, not just Masami, but like, you've been leading this conversation, but she looks at you and Sanku and Shujin says, and one way or another, good luck tomorrow. You too. Remember that, that this is why we're here, to fight. Well, I can't wait to do that. She kind of makes her way off, and you're all sat alone at this table for a moment. You're on your own. Their arms are still crossed. They are s still as a statue. So that's why you said yes to me? We discussed the Ruby Tournament, and I said yes. Before I got the tip. Judy just kind of throws their hands up and they're like, okay. How'd you know all that? I know you've got all those connections in the Golden League, which I think is really cool and stuff, but you know a lot. I think it's really cool, but... There is a long silence after Senka says that. And they only really half turn to face them. With a very serious glint in their eyes saying... Are you sure about that statement? What statement? That you're cool? 
Masami, if you really, really don't want to talk about this stuff, I won't push you any further. But I've been really, really worried about you. I noticed that you've been really stressed, and I care about you. You're one of my best friends. They're two sitting with me. They bristle up at that a little bit, actually. And if something's worrying you, I know that I can't understand everything. I grew up very different to you, I know. I don't know everything about how you grew up or anything, but I, I, I assume it's different. I grew up in a little village, and I think you grew up in the city. That was by design. But that doesn't mean I don't care, and that I don't want to be here for you. I was one of them. Oh? Oh, wow. You mean one of the... I was an assassin for the youngest mask. How long ago? You weren't that old when we met. You were already with the Golden League when I met you. I was with the Oni's masks until 13. Oh my god. I'm not sure if I was born into it. Those kind of questions were... unnecessary. But as far back as I can remember, I was one of them. And my... initiation into being a real assassin and becoming a real parts in everything was assassinating a high-ranking Golden League member. As a child. I never really did tell you the whole story of how Hiroshi and I met. I mean, that's fair. My mark was his boss. Oh. Oh. Wow. Did he stop you? He did. And instead of killing me, like, honestly, every other Golden member would have and could have, he took me in instead. Oh. So, and they turn to face them. Their shoulders are tense, and their arm, their hands are gripping their arms enough to leave bruises. And they look at both of them and say, now you're in. Hey, Judy, I, I think, um, maybe not gets closer because they, of course, respect their personal space. Um, but they're like, you look not great. Let's, um, we can stop talking about this, okay? I think we've gone far enough. They just look really worried. Um, Senku just looks at Masami and is like, in the minute that I decided that we'd be best friends. Clearing his throat from atop Sanku's shoulder is the uncharacteristically quiet Lolo. Somebody check him for a fever. <laughs> well, no, actually, he, he actually looks really serious right now. He says, um, Masami, <laughs> I just wanted you to know that everything you've been through. And he pauses for a second and... Masami is, um, for the longest of times... Masami is given this projection of confidence that they are the glue that holds this party together, that they're invincible. But as you look at this young person sitting in front of you, you see someone who has is scared mm. and vulnerable and is shaken and yeah. has been hiding every single one of their struggles for years without saying a single thing. Almost like everything you've known Masami to be is just another layer of shadows. Lolo continues and he says 
I just want you to know, Masami, that I think you're terribly brave and so strong. And I'm terribly proud of you, Masami. I know perhaps it doesn't mean much coming from an old feeble man like me, but I count myself so lucky to be able to call someone like you my friend. And I, I just want you to know that, Masami. They are actually shaking after hearing that. And upon further inspection, you don't need a perception roll to do this, actually. Their claws get longer. And the hair on their arms start to get just a bit thicker before they quickly speedwalk past everybody else and say, it's late, we should go. Okay, I'm coming, and they one bolt second. off. Oh dear. Lolo kind of like floats out in front of you and says, um, both of you, perhaps it would be wisest to give Masami some space. You know that they don't like to be seen when they're like this. I know. But I also want you to know that I'm very proud of both of you as well for being there for Masami when they need it. I gotta be there for my friends. Where else would we be? I just... I hope they're okay. They aren't. It's obvious that young Masami is in a lot of pain that they haven't been sharing with anyone else. But I want you to know that it would be leagues worse if they didn't have anyone else to rely on. That's why I didn't stop talking about it before. I had a feeling that they kind of wanted to. Now... We have a very busy night ahead of us. And by busy, I mean sleepy, because we're going to need to get a lot of rest I before our busy day tomorrow. I think you should tuck Chuji into bed. How about when we get home, I read everyone some nice and relaxing stories about the sea. That will put everyone at ease. I think that if you even try that, you're going to be sleeping outside in a puddle. Oh, I love <laughs> no. puddles. This is a win-win situation. Let's go follow Masami before they lose us. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, do you all return to the Ruby Village? Judy does. Yeah, he's going back. Masami, do you go back to the Ruby Village? I think they take the long way around. Are the others asleep when you arrive? They're asleep. How does Masami look as they enter? Are they back to normal, or...? They are, but they are incredibly disheveled. Um, there are tear streaks, dried tear streaks... On their face, their hair is just slightly messy, and the bruises on their arms form. I think, Masami, as you enter into your room, uh, you see a little package, a paper package, uh, that is full of saltwater taffy waiting for you on your bed. I'd like to imagine that was yeah, a group effort. I was about to message you. That. <laughs> <laughs> um... They do take it, but I think they pocket it. They're not feeling entirely hungry, and their sweet tooth, I think, is gone for the night. Morning comes, and sunlight beams through the windows. You've all rested and relaxed, and uh, Sanku and Chuji, you can see that Masami is home and safe and, you know, in one piece, and not visibly spiraling, which is a good start. How is Masami visibly doing? Visibly? Um, they... <laughs> if you say, they look fine, I'm gonna cry, I swear to God. No, no, they do not. They don't. Um, you know how after you've, like, even hours after you've cried, even though, even if you wash your face, there's still, like, slight redness? Yeah. It's a bit of that, plus, like, dark circles? <laughs> uh-huh. They kind of look like shit. <laughs> 
I think literally like the moment that Masami like leaves their sleeping quarters, Chuji is immediately like looking in the way that a, a Fred can look just so, so worried about their friend. As soon as like Masami's like out there, Chuji's like, hey buddy, maybe we should go get something to eat before our big day. Um, I'm hungry, are you? A little bit, um, what do you have in mind? Chuji probably knows Masami's favorite food. The, the, there is a part of me that is like going straight for the fucking Naruto reference and say ramen. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> Come on, fuck Treat you. Yourself. Ramen's a perfectly good uh, breakfast. I mean, I guess I can probably do that. Chuji's um, uh, uh, like, we could catch some ramen for breakfast. That kind of gets like a one eyebrow raised as they look at Chuji for like the first time in hours, and they say, "You know what? Yeah, sure. Only if if you don't mind it." No, of course not. Uh, and no- what? You can't make me keep wearing this! This is coming from the kitchen where the breakfast is. Uh... uh looks at Masami? Is... Do you know what he's doing in there? No. Chuji uh, like, gets up to go look in the kitchen? Masami, do you come with Chuji? Uh, they do. <laughs> Hesitantly. You enter the kitchen. There are several, um, there are several ingredients tossed around this room oh. uh not really in any functional breakfast certainly nothing resembling ramen <laughs> and standing oh. in the kitchen is sanku witch prince of the sea or perhaps it would be better to call him maid prince no. of wearing a maid no. i'm taking it off i'm taking it off sanku, <laughs> it is extremely important that you keep it on what? A good breakfast must be served by a maid. What the fuck are you two doing? What are you doing in here? Ah, look at me! Lolo, please tell, please tell me you don't have powers to like duplicate yourself and go to any of the cafes close by. Please tell me you haven't been doing that. No, but that does sound like it would be a useful skill to have. <laughs> don't tell him these things. Oh. I've simply helped Sanku with his outfit what? transformations. Why are you wearing a maid costume? What is going on? Why are you making him wear a maid costume? That's not... Well, what kind of breakfast isn't served by a maid? Fucking any breakfast. I... I live with a grown-ass man, my dude. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I'm sure he has a maid. No, he does not. I've been living with him for ten years. Lola looks at you extremely seriously, Masami, and says, Masami, are you the maid? No! What the (laughs) fuck? Regardless, Sanku has proven to be quite poor at serving breakfast and wearing maid outfits. Although he does look ah. cute as a button. Yeah, he's Sanku, but I. <laughs> oh! You should go take that off. We're gonna actually go get breakfast. I'm, trans- I'm transforming back into my regular outfit. Alright, Sanku, transform! He transforms. You all go get a good breakfast? Yeah. How are you doing after that little incident? She's just gonna pretend it didn't happen. Masami, I don't think they look like shit anymore. I think they just look tired. <laughs> <laughs> They've upgraded by one level. Yeah. Uh, regardless, you guys do eat. You eat good, even. But ultimately, you don't, you know, mm-hmm. come to the afternoon. You guys are somewhere to be. It's the big day. It is the big day. Are you ready to, uh, to show the sponsors what you're made of? <sighs> sure. You guys make your way into the Ruby Arena. Um, as you arrive, you can see that there's people around here. 
Um, mostly it's the fighting teams, but as you're looking around, you can see uh, all the sponsors, um, a couple of their workers and servants and handmaidens and whatever. Um, but really, what catches your eye is the arena itself. Like, wow. Um, it is this sprawling uh, courtyard with a uh, the symbol of the Ruby Phoenix emblazoned in the middle. And in each corner of the courtyard, there are beautiful cherry blossom trees. And around uh, bleachers and seats that go up nearly half a mile high. Um, this thing looks like it could nearly pack in all of Goka. Uh, right now, obviously, mostly it's empty aside from the sponsors and teams. But you can only imagine when this thing is full. And sitting in thrones at the top of the arena, atop two tall podiums, are none other than Lady Haojin, the Ruby Phoenix, and Empress Nayan Fei, the Empress of Goka, here to watch the ceremony today. Uh, perhaps surprisingly, among the people here uh, are some of the Danger Island fighting teams who didn't get into the finals. Uh, you know, ones who aren't filled with spite and decide to show up anyway. Uh, surprising everyone, the Grave Treaders are here. <gasps> yes! Do they have the mummy? Do they uh, have the, the mummy? mummy? I have to ask. has a leash around his neck. <laughs> and uh, Belindra is holding a um, an umbrella over his head to shade him from the sun. Oh well. <laughs> you see a team of fishmen. You see a team of samurai. But perhaps most importantly, you see a team of spacemen. Oh, I love them. A jelly person, a android, a four-armed cowboy, and a giant robot. I gotta talk to those guys. Um, if you guys want to stop by and say hi to them, I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. I think when they're walking in, Seku's like, "Oh, oh my god, hi, hi!" Yeah, and he's pu- he's uh, pulling the others with him <laughs> because he he's like that. <laughs> Seku's like, "My best friends go everywhere with me," and <laughs> then he refuses to let them go. He pulls them over and he's like, "Hi!" Uh, Trion sees you guys and walks over, eyes wide, and uh, they smile and say. Hey everyone! Whoa, it's great to see you all! And to see you as members of the tournament itself? That's cray cray! <laughs> and uh, Gelly comes up to you. I think, oh. Ge- I think Gelly goes in for a hug. Oh my. Uh, she goes up to each of you one by one. Squelch, squelch, squelch. And uh, she looks at you guys with like eyes glistening and she says, You guys, I'm so proud of you to have gone this far. Oh my gosh! You're gonna see us win. We are gonna win. It's gonna be one of the coolest things I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, Ozzy, of course, grumbles a little bit and says, "Such barbarity! To what end? To what end will it all come? Pummeling each other for the sake of it." Yeah, yeah. It's fun though. It is pretty fun. Sorry that you don't get it. Have you ever heard of sports, my dude? <laughs> yeah, it's like that. It's better. It is a sport. It's better than any sport. Okay. And uh, Samsu of No Clan steps forward and tilts their hat and says, Well, I'll say one thing. It'll be a real pleasure to watch you all up on the big stage itself. And oh, uh, and they kind of glance off at the light keepers. It's a shame that they're here too, huh? It's okay. We beat their asses we pretty good. We did the fuck out of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we really... <laughs> we beat it was them really pretty cool. hard. Actually, um, I have something for you. And he goes into his bag, past the low, into the other bag, and he pulls I, out uh... a gun. And he's like, <laughs> I have a gun! Yeah. Something's eyes light up, and they're like, wait, you're kidding me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that they took it from you. Yeah, uh, hocked it off of a certain assassin lady. 
<laughs> Treon beams, and they're like, you guys, aw, oh, come on. I think I almost got hay-crimed for it, but at the same time, I was daring her. <laughs> you know, we'll unpack that later. <laughs> <laughs> Masami was pretty cool. And you know, I, I just think, I think they give you a hug, Masami. <laughs> um, a bell rings, and Gay looks at you guys and says, Wait, that's, that's for you guys, right? Is it time to shine? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. We're gonna go sit down, and then you get to see us be awesome. It'll be pretty great. Samsu uh, triumphantly holsters their laser pistol and nods at you all and says, Seriously, y'all, I cannot thank you all enough for that. And uh, Ozzy kind of grumbles and says, Best of luck with destroying your organic bodies. Thanks! <laughs> and uh, Touch of Stars waves you off. And you're able to go meet with oh. the other teams and get ready for the ceremonies to start. How are you guys holding up? Pretty epic. Um, uh, Senku's in a, in a much happier mood after being able to do that. I think Chudi's in a perfectly fine mood. I, I think they're just ready to get out there, so they're kind of cleaning their head right now. Yeah, ready to kick some ass? Yeah. And Masami is pretty much just observing. Uh, you can see that the Steps of the Sun are discussing quietly with the members of the Biting Roses. Uh, Tino's toughest are doing stretches. Uh, you can see the light keepers are skulking and being edgy as ever in the shadows. Uh, Winter's Roar are polishing their weapons. Um, speakers of the Wind are gathered around Teacher Ayawari as he gives them a pep talk. And uh, it looks like the Arms of Balance are meditating. And at the top of the arena, the Ruby Phoenix herself stands up. Fighting teams of the Tertiate Ruby Phoenix Tournament. I welcome you today to the Sponsor Exhibition Showcase. I trust that in the week leading up to this, you've all made good impressions on the sponsors. But the best way to impress your sponsors is to prove yourselves in combat. And that today is what shall unfold. Mm -hmm. um, she kind of smiles at the sponsors who are all sitting down and, uh, you know, getting ready to watch before turning back to you all. And she explains, The exhibition showcase will take part of two fights per team. The first fight will be against a creature from my extra-dimensional menagerie who has volunteered to be your opponent today. The second fight will be against the most powerful of all foes. One another, randomly selected... To, in a exhibition match to show your might to the sponsors. Once this has concluded, the final fight will begin between the sponsors in a bidding war over the teams they wish to select. I trust that everyone is ready. And uh, I think the crowd cheers a little bit, you know. Um... Uh, Chuji's screaming. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Hao Jin smiles and says, Well, in that case... Let the exhibition showcase begin! And she waves a fan and everyone cheers as the fights begin. So, you guys watch a few of the fights. I won't go into detail, but I will give you a few vignettes into how they go down. You see the arms of balance fighting against a Kabanda, a Vudran giant which is missing a head, but instead has a massive cyclopean face on its chest and stomach. The creature slams a fist into the floor, only for the Arms of Balance to regroup around it and perform a powerful elemental team-up attack that knocks it to its knees. The Lightkeepers face off against a Kuhn, 
a massive demonic fish monster which swims through water conjured up by the ruby phoenix herself. It is knocked into the air by Sutak Noir's hair, only to be pile-drived back down into the floor with a crack by Diki Sonam. The speakers of the wind overcome the Mbembe, a dinosaur-like creature from the jungles of the Moangi Expanse, which they overcome with their powerful Halcyon magic, a hybrid between arcane and primal. About halfway through all these fights, however, it comes to be your turn. Haojin gestures to you all and says, Radiant winds, will you enter the arena? Okay. Absolutely. The ruby phoenix smiles and she says, Now, radiant winds, your opponent for today will be a creature befitting of your name. Today I give you a guardian of peace and longevity, a gatekeeper to the tomb of a long-forgotten sage. Hailing from atop one of the tallest mountains in the wall of heaven and striving for balance and peace between all mortals, I bring to you one of the most beautiful creatures in all of existence. And she holds up a hand and creates a portal in the air above you all, which then rises to be about 80 feet in the air. Sariha! The Guardian Imionjo. And emerging from the portal comes this colossal white bird. <laughs> I'm talking size huge. This thing is bigger than a bus. Oh, shit. And as this bird sings out, it almost sings with the voice of a human. You can't see it very well from where you are, but you can tell, even from all the way down here, that it is gorgeous. And as it begins to sing, it dive bombs towards you all. And everyone, let's roll initiative. Slow, okay. Dice will roll will return after these messages. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We now return to Dice Will Roll. 33. 32. Okay, so... Top of the order is the Imionjo, this strange bird. Um, this strange bird is swooping down towards you and then pulls up and flies back up. But as it does so, um, everyone, something strange starts to happen. The earth beneath you begins to crumble and fold in on itself, starting to swallow you up in some sort of terrible calamity. 
Everyone, I need you to roll me a will save, please. Hmm. 31. A uh, will... Um, 33. Pass to perfection, 44. Okay, so everyone passes. Do I critically save? Uh, you critically succeed. It's fine. But I think how this manifests is that all of you, as this is happening, you realize that, wait, no, it's not. You all recognize this as a casting of the spell Phantasmal Calamity, which made it look like a natural disaster was happening, but it's not actually. <laughs> they look excited. However, visions of the apocalypse still swarm most of your minds. Not Chuji, you're not even a little bit bothered. Uh, and that mental barrage does hurt you all, and you're going to take half of 11d6 mental damage. So, uh, half of 11d6, that is 21 damage to both Masami and Sanku, and 0 to Chuji. Uh, and this bird doesn't seem to be coming down to you. She just swoops back up, uh, still singing in that eerily human voice. Uh, Sanku, it's your turn. Whoa, Nelly. Uh, how far in the air are they? Uh, how far? It's about 80 feet up in the air. Okay. Sanku's going to ask Lolo what to do. Okay. Lolo looks up at you and says, Hmm, Sanku. It looks like this thing is very high up in the air. It seems to be using its flight to its advantage. You're going to want to use spells with good range, like Fireball, if you have them prepared. Oh. Oh, that really does have a good range. That's right. Cook her. Senku's going to... Uh, wait, I have two actions, right? Yeah, you have two actions left. Then uh, Senku's just going to cast Fireball. Okay. Uh, Salvi Ha needs to make a reflex save, right? Yep. Okay, let's see how she does. Uh, that's a 41, so just about a save. Sanku, you launch these fireworks into the sky, and she weaves around them. But as they explode, those cinders still catch her. Um, how much damage is that going to be? 22. Pretty good, honestly. Okay, that's 22 damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Has sings out as she circles in above you all in the sky. But even as she's, like, doing this, you can't really make her out. She's really blurry. Chuji, it's your turn. This bitch is 80 feet in the air. Not for fucking long. I'm casting Earthbind. Earthbind? Now when did you get this? I got this from my monster parts. I got this from b- combining all the little bits and pieces I've been scavenging like a little animal this entire campaign. Okay, and this is coming from your uh, wrapped spider hairpin, which I believe is a monster part thing that uh, you got on Danger Island, created from both the uh, wraps of Wraps the Mummy and uh, some spider silken spider webs from the giant spider that you slew outside the Temple of Aurori. Pretty cool. Uh, what does Earthbind do? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, using the weight of the earth, you hamper a target's flight uh, with effects based on its fortitude save. If the creature uh, reaches the ground safely, it does not take falling damage. But I need a save from you, uh, and they will no longer be will be up there. This is basically come here, you little shit. Um. Ooh. Uh oh, that's a twenty-eight. What's your DC? Uh, twenty-eight. No, that does not be my cl- uh, my DC. Okay, cool. So what happens? Uh, on a failure, the target fills. Uh, it falls safely up to one hundred twenty feet. If it hits the ground, it can't fly, levitate, or otherwise uh, leave the ground for one round. So it is stuck on the ground for now. Okay, Chuji, you run a hand through your hair, and you clutch at the hairpin, and the strength of these monsters you felled surges through you, and you raise up a hand and slam down, and that bird flies downwards as well, knocked down by that strength. Um, Sariha soars downwards to the ground and kind of, like, hits the floor, 
And for a second, she's there and she rears up and looks at you all. And now you get a clear look at her face and understand why she was singing with a human voice. It has to do with the fact that she has a human head. Oh my god. Jesus. That's a fucking harpy. Uh, the Imionjo is a Korean myth with a lot of similarities to the harpy story, yeah. That's pretty cool. She is the size of an elephant, I'll point out. Um, as she lands in front of you, uh, she rears up and you see her pale face and her long black hair. And she is so uncannily beautiful, it is actually extremely unnerving. Uh, you all need to make me a will save, please. Holy shit. 31. 38. 45. And I have path perfection. Okay. All of you pass. Um, she's scarily beautiful, and like I said, it does sound like a cold chill for you all. Um, Masami and Sanku, you are both scared for one round, and uh, Chuji, you steal yourself and push through it. You're fine. Um, as she rises up to her full height, uh, her black hair falling down around her beautiful face as she flaps those white hawk-like wings, she says... Well, you've made me come down to you all. I won't soon forget that. Juju, you've got one action left. Yeah, Juju's going to uh, hop right past her. Over here. Okay, yeah, uh, you jump to be behind her. Yeah. Uh, I assume you're in a stance, right, Juju? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Which yes. one are you in? Juju is in their uh, Stoke Flame stance. It's their favorite... You do love Stoke Flame. Masami, it's your turn. Okay. Um. While the uh, unnerving beauty of this creature is kind of putting you on edge, um, you know that you fought much more dangerous creatures in the past. And on top of that, she is floor bound, so Sariha can't fly away from you right now. What do you do? Since Gigi is already flanking, they are going to... I think they're immediately going to go for a spell strike. Okay. Uh, hey, Derek, can I cheat? <laughs> can I cheat something real fast? Uh, teleconnect projectile, my dancing Chris Argana. Huh. <laughs> well, aren't you clever? Well, aren't you a clever <laughs> little thing? Yeah. You'll still need to take an action to activate them, but I think if you activate them and then teleconnect projectile them... Uh, I'll let you attack and then move them to be elsewhere on the map. So take an action to activate it and then do the And uh, then they'll, you know, fight for you over there. You know what? Yeah, I think they'll do that. They are going to activate their... Um, okay. They're going to activate their Dancing Kusarigama. Then they are going to spell strike a telekinetic projectile to launch it. Okay, so make me this attack roll as your Kusarigama are starting to unravel and coil like a sea serpent. Uh, that is a 38... Uh, 38 is going to be a hit. Roll damage. Okay. So that is a 23. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's 23 damage from the weapon itself. Uh, now and roll telekinetic projectile damage as these Crusari Gamma fly through the air, slashing her the whole time. Three. 31, and this is 31 slashing damage. Okay, uh, Masami, as your attack wails into her, she, like, she screeches out in horrible pain as your blades fly through the air, carving her up before landing on the other side of her and floating in the air, ready to do more. Okay, so it is dancing now, so we can make an attack roll. So as a reminder as to how dancing works, um, this 
weapon now has a fly speed of 40 feet uh, and can attack with a modifier of 24 uh, plus whatever item bonuses has, which I believe is a plus 26 for you right now. Um, so it, it can it can fly up there and keep slashing. Go for it. And that it shall. Um, 38. That's a hit. Roll damage. Okay. Very sneaky. I'll say that much. Very, very sneaky. 23. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, that's not 23 damage, meaning that Masami, when you combine all the damage you did this turn, that's about 54 damage you've done to her in one turn. Goodness. (laughs) Okay. Masami, uh, you give Shuji a thumbs up, and the Imionjo wails. And uh, Saori Ha kind of lets out a chuckle and says, You're all tougher than you look. But our dance has only just begun. It is the Imionjo's turn. Uh, Sariha cannot fly away, which is a problem because it's a big part of her kit. So she's actually going to strike at you, Chuji, with her tail. Okay. And that is going to be a 39 to hit. A 39? Yeah, that hits. Okay, that's uh, 33 bludgeoning damage, Chuji, as her tail whaps into you from behind and like smacks you around a little bit. Alright. And then she's going to slam her wing into you, Sanku. Oh dear. Uh, that is a 32 to hit. 32. No. It actually doesn't hit. Okay. Uh, well, with her last action, she's going to bring her other wing down on you, Masami. Slamming it down from above. Well, miss. <laughs> okay. Uh, she slams down, but you dodge. Masami, uh, that is going to be the end of her turn. Uh, she's unable to fly away, so she just kind of flaps her arms and sings a little bit. Uh, but as you're all fighting, you can see over where the sponsors are. They're watching intently. They're very impressed. On the edge of their seats. Oh, yay. Okay, Sanku, it's your turn. She is much closer now. What do you do? All right. Uh, you're frightened, by the way, because she is a very intimidatingly <laughs> beautiful woman. But uh, I assume that happens with most women with you, right? Shut up, you asshole. I think Sanku is going to use um, Elemental Betrayal. With um, with water, which also makes you take additional damage from cold damage, which is perfect, because I'm going to use Frigid Flurry. Frigid Flurry, uh, so Senku's going to lift his staff so that it's like he's holding it out um, up to his mouth. Not like he's blowing into it, but blowing slightly over it. Um, and he blows and the air, you can like see it. Um, wrapping around the staff and it blasts out. Um, I think you can see like little snowflakes. They're very cute, but very deadly. But this isn't just, this is just, uh, this is agony snowflakes, right? Because it's not just cold damage, it's slashing damage as well, right? Isn't it just? Okay, so she has to make a reflex save, right? Uh, yes, I need a reflex save. Okay, well, let's see. That is a 42. You know what? (laughs) Thank God. I was so, so worried it was going to be higher. Uh, that saves, but it's it's not a crit save. Okay, so she's going to take eight, uh, half damage, right? Uh-huh. Uh, plus an eighth extra damage from... Oh, Jesus, that's a lot of dice. Okay, so how much is that? 67 divided by 2, that's 33 damage, plus 8. Uh, she's starting to look a little worse for wear, which is to say, it looks like you've knocked her to about half health. Uh, she kind of shrieks as this ice slashes into her, and she shakes her head and says, Ah, the Ruby Phoenix was not lying when she said you were worthy opponents. 
but you are not worthy enough. That's what you think. Um, mm-hmm. okay, Chuji, it's your turn. Ooh. She is weak to ice now. That's pretty cool. Great. Anyway. That's fantastic for me. <laughs> you should use your stoked frost fence, uh, Chuji. No ice, no drip. <laughs> None of it. Old reliable. They're going to, um, yeah, flurry blows and then minus punch. Okay, so you jump at her and. Uh oh. <laughs> Okay, so that's a 42 and a 48, right? Well, that 48 was a nat 20. Yeah, not 48, is a nat fucking 20. Uh, okay, because of these, our boat hits, um, that's gonna work for Stunning Fist. She's gonna make a fortitude save. Um, now remember, she is a higher level than you, so uh, because Stunning Fist has the incapacitation effect, which means uh, it'll only really work reliably on lower level creatures than you, her save is gonna be one degree yeah. of success higher, okay? Yeah. A 36 against your class DC? Yeah, saves. Okay, she is totally unaffected by the stun. Your massive punch attacks are still knocking the wind out for her, okay? So uh, roll me that damage real fast. Let's see how much you did. <laughs> 31 and then 70. Oh, yeah, and uh, because that's an out 20, that's a crit card. Let's see. <laughs> Ooh, mega punch. Shuji, your that 20 does triple damage. Holy shit. Okay, that's 35 times 3. That's 105 damage! Oh my god. She has 4 HP left and you set her on fire. Let's give her this 2d10 fire damage just in case. Just in case you fucking roll two ones, I guess. <laughs> yeah, in case something terrible happens. Um, you have one action left, Chuji. As you, um, how, how does this punch look real fast? Describe it for me. Chuji has been kind of warming up their hands uh, uh, twiddling their fingers a lot and they they rear their arm back uh, kind of like they're about to throw a fucking baseball but um, no it is in fact one of the hardest fucking punches you've ever seen Chuji throw before holy shit right in her fucking chest Chuji as your punch exactly. lands in her chest and sparks erupt through her feathers she wails and it's a very human wail but you don't care because you're Chi fucking Chuji exactly Okay, you have two actions left. Uh, she has four HP. What do you do? One inch punch. Adds a 40. I'm so fucking mad. That's a hit. Let's see. So that's going to be 27 more damage. Okay, so Gigi, as you rebound from that flurry of blows and land, describe this final blow against her. They kind of turn towards uh, uh, Haojin and the Empress um, and uh, and also the the, um, the sponsors, and they take their hand that they're not punching with. They kind of fan themselves they yawn and they take their other hand and they really like quickly punch into it one last time looking unbothered sorry ha the imionjo is knocked backwards she stumbles for a moment before falling onto her back the dancing chocodo coils the bubbles of elemental betrayal pop and you stand there she chewed you with your fists aflame and she is ko and for that moderate level encounter you all gain 88 spirits points <laughs> Liar, you are desperate to get 173 damage between you and Masami. This thing got fuck. Wait, hold on. I'm sorry. Hey, hold on, guys. The fuck? <laughs> My boss, fuck your boss. Yeah, I did that on I did, I did that on purpose. Fuck you. Holy shit. <laughs> I was like, wow, Chuji, you did a whole load of damage there. Then I was like, wait, hold on. A few seconds earlier, Masami did a whole load of damage. And I was like, wait, hold on. Saku just did a whole load of damage. What the fuck, guys? <laughs> you guys never let me win anything. I won't let you in. Sariha slowly stands up and she kind of grunts in pain and looks down at you all and says, 
It would seem I misjudged you. You are all masterful fighters. Why, thank you. Peace and prosperity be upon you. The days ahead will not be easy. And as she says that, she kind of looks at you, Masami, and... It almost feels like an omen. Their hands grip their weapons just a little tighter. She shakily takes flight and ascends into the air, back into that portal which opens up above her and sends her home to her mountain domain. Bye-bye! And each of you is able to go take a seat. Sanku's like, we did great. Uh, as they walk back to the bleachers, Chuji winks at Shen. Shen doesn't <laughs> believe what he's seeing. I think Sanku doesn't believe what he's seeing. <laughs> you can see that the sponsors are eagerly discussing with each other, kind of like uh, pointing out things you did and like chatting. Uh, but they're all drawn to attention as more fighters enter the field. The fighters of Winter's Roar duel against a frost giant Viking. The heroes of Steps of the Sun battle against a Shemhazan, a giant monstrous demon with aspects of a tiger, a mantis, and more. Um, and as he's returning, uh, Shen does look to you, Chuji. Um, and as he's returning, he's kind of got to, he doesn't wink or anything, but he's kind of got his face on of like, huh, how about that? How about that? I also won. Huh. Wow. And I'm not winking at you because I'm better <laughs> than you. so cool. Fucking got him, question mark? He does look at you for quite some time. Uh, yeah, I'll show you. Prolonged eye contact. <laughs> Okay, Sanku Masami, you definitely saw that. Wow. <laughs> something's, something's happening here. What? Masami sniffs the air and says, hmm, I smell fruits. <laughs> Excuse me? Yeah. Nothing, don't worry about it. Interesting. I don't smell any fruits at all, Masami. <laughs> are you sure your olfactory senses are in order? No, it must have been the magic, you know? <laughs> sure was something. The final fight is between Tino's toughest and a terrible Oni with four arms and a slavering mouth. Um, you can see that Gig the Big Goblin, who you know her family was eaten by Onis, uh, she went ham during that fight. She went all out. It's actually really impressive. Um, the Oni goes down. Yay. And uh, Hao Jin kind of stands and she claps her hands together. Congratulations, everyone. You have put on a display like no other. And I'm sure I speak for all the sponsors when I say that you have been most impressive. But the creatures that you will face in the Ruby Phoenix tournament will not be mere monsters. They will be disciplined and powerful fighters. As such, in order to continue this exhibition match, we will randomly draw names from this crystal ball. And she conjures up a spinning crystal ball in her hands who will fight against one another in order to impress the sponsors and help solidify their choices in sponsored teams. And uh, that ball starts to spin and she says, Our first team is... And she draws uh, a few names that come up in script in front of her and she reads from it and says, The Radiant Winds! Uh, ah. She turns to look at you all. Radiant Winds, will you step forward? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you all step into the center, and Haojin smiles at you, and she says, Wonderful. Now, Radiant Winds, I must ask, what is it that you will do if you win the Ruby Phoenix tournament? Uh, Senku looks to the others, and he smiles at them, and then he turns back to the sponsors. I think if we win, 
we want to keep helping people and going on adventures, just like before. The reason that the Radiant Winds formed in the first place is because all of us love adventuring. Even if we became <laughs> the most powerful fighting team in the whole world, we want to keep being heroes, and we want to keep helping people. The only difference is that the world will know what we already know. That we're the greatest heroes on the planet. She smiles, and I think uh, the others smile too. And uh, Harjin nods and says, And now for our next tea. Um, and that ball spins again, and another name comes out in script before her, and she reads from it. Tino's Toughest. No! No! N- Masami, re- <laughs> Masami actually looks surprised. They're like... Huh? Um, almost surprised. Uh, the team that had just sat down uh, gets back up and jogs into the center of the field. Uh, Tino Tung, Malako, Zumi Ran, and Gig the Big Goblin. Uh, they all kind of stand there looking up at uh, Lady Hao Jin, uh, ready for whatever comes next. And uh, Lady Hao Jin asks them, Tino's toughest. What is it that you shall do if you win the Ruby Phoenix tournament? And I think they all kind of look at each other for a second, and Tino uh, clears his throat as he stands forward and says, Hey, uh, to be honest, ma'am, I don't think we're here to win. And uh, she quirks an eyebrow like, oh. And uh, he looks around at all the other teams and says, We came here to expand our horizons, and honestly, we've done that. In my eyes, I think we've already won in our own way. But we're not gonna give up. We're not gonna let. We're not gonna take it lying down. We're gonna fight with everything we have to prove ourselves to our new friends in all other seven teams. And if we win, then that just means that the friendship between Tino's toughest was the strongest friendship of all. Um, as he speaks, you can see that the uh, sponsors are kind of like chatting amongst each other. They look amused mostly. <laughs> I don't think anyone's really taking them seriously, except. For Yensing Jirai, the half-elf casino mogul, who is looking at them with fierce pride. <laughs> we know who she's fighting, she's fighting for immediately. They might not want to win, but Jirai really wants them to win. Haojin nods and gestures to the center of the field and says, Radiant Winds and Tino's Toughest, take your positions. Malaku kind of nods and draws their sword and looks at you all and says, Well... Here we are again, everyone. Uh, Gig kind of pumps her chest a bit and she says, Are you guys ready to get your butts handed to you? Because we've got crazy strong since last time we fought. <laughs> uh, Zumi kind of like rolls her wrist a little bit and says, Oh, don't even worry about it. We learned many lessons from our first fight with you. And uh, Tino just kind of stands there. He's not looking at you. He's not looking at his team. He just gazes up into the sky and he says, Huh. We've come a long way, my friends, haven't we? Hmm. It's not really clear if he's talking to you guys or to his team. or. But he snaps himself out of it and he turns to you all and gives you all the biggest dad smile possible and says, God, <laughs> hey, you guys, whether we win or lose, it's an honor to be able to fight you all again. But this time, we're not down till everyone's down, got it? He gets into a fighting stance. Malako draws their katana. Gig slams their club on the ground and beats their chest. And Zumi gets into a mystic stance, hands glowing with magic. And everyone, we are going to roll initiative! Oh. Oopsie. <laughs> Senku drops his stuff and he goes, Oh, 
What do you roll, Senku? He rolled a nat one. Uh oh. <laughs> You're caught off guard. 28. So. <laughs> he was caught off guard by the dad smile. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Okay, top of the order. It's gonna be Malako. Oh my god, you guys. Malako does something I don't think you're expecting. Malako mm-hmm. clutches her katana and closes her eyes. And then they snap their heads up, and when they do, two giant crow wings explode from their back. Special Tengu technique. Soaring four. For five minutes, Malako's going to have a fly speed of 25 feet. And Malako surges forward. They fly directly towards you, Chuji, and slash at you with their katana. And that's going to be a 30 to hit. Does not hit. You just duck out of the way. Katana slicing where your hair was a second ago. This flying Tengu looks down at you and goes, Huh, as fast as I've expected you to be, Master Chuji. I told you we learned some new tricks. Now let's see what you've learned. Next in the order is everyone's favorite dad, Tino Kung. Tino sprints forward, arms pumping, swinging around you, Chuji, towards Masami. As he runs forward, Tino is charging up his key using some like special breathing techniques, and his fists are starting to glow golden, and he rushes up to you, Masami, and he makes a key strike! Alright. So this is going to be a flurry of blows with a plus one to both of these attacks, and if they land, they do extra damage. Okay. Uh, that is a 28, uh, plus one, 29. No. He did roll a two, so you know there's that. Uh, his second attack is going to be another 29. No. <laughs> he rushes you, and he punches really, really fast. But Masami, you dodge out of the way of all of these attacks. And as he draws his fist back and exhales, he kind of goes, huh. Hey, you're really fast, huh? If you've grown, so have I. And as he starts regulating his breathing again, he says, Hey, one way or another, though. And he starts conjuring up a ball of key in his hands. This old man's got a few new tricks. And he's going to make a key blast against you. Uh, make me a fortitude save. And I'm using <gasps> my hero point. Yeah, you rolled a nat one. That's better. 44 with Juggernaut. Uh, 44 with Juggernaut is going to be a crit success as he pushes this ball into your chest, but you kind of inhale and exhale right back using breathing techniques that Hiroshi taught you, and you expel that key harmlessly out of your body. And Tino's eyes kind of widen a bit and he goes, huh, I guess even new tricks aren't enough to surprise the young, huh? Believe me, I've gotten a lot of thicker skin the last time we fought. Looks like it, friend. And Masami, as you're fighting, you hear an INCOMING! And Gig, the big goblin, rushes you, Chuji. And actually, she rushes through you. (laughs) She enters your space, and she makes a 39 to hit against you. 39? Uh, yeah, that does hit. 38 bludgeoning damage, as she fucking smashes you out of the way, and you are knocked prone. Oh. She rushes through your space, Chuji, skids to a stop between Sanku and Masami, turns and looks at you and says, How is that for hitting hard, huh, Chuji? Uh, all right, but I can show you a lot better. You kind of say that, still on your hands and knees, slowly getting back up. Yeah. Just in time to see her swing her club at <laughs> Sanku. Ouch! Sanku, that's going to be a 30 to hit. Nope. Uh, Sanku, you duck under the club that swings right over your head, and uh, she roars and says, Get back here! Chuji, it is your turn. Uh, you're on the floor. Malako is standing above you with a katana that they're raising up right strike down on you. What do you do? I would like to uh, reprise my my wonderful little floor kick from uh, uh, beating the fuck out of Diki Shinam, um, and kick up at Malako. Okay, go for it. Just regular attack, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, that's going to be a 39. 
Uh, 39 is a nice juicy hit against Malako. Wonderful. He kicked the right the jaw, I'm so sorry. You kick him in the beak, and they go Poof, as they kind of stumble backwards. That's 19 damage. Okay, they take that. Uh, you've got two actions left. What do you do? Then they just get up and they're going to flurry of blows Malako again. Okay, but Chuji, as you're getting up, Malako's eye oh, glints and you've left yourself open to an attack of opportunity! Go for it. Uh, it is a 31 to hit. Does it hit? Whoosh! That sword would have cut you right through the chest if you had not backflipped backwards and landed in a spying stance, ready to keep going. Ooh, impossible! Open and ready to take you down! Uh, and they flurry of blows him. 34 uh, and 28. Only one hits, right? 28 misses and a 34 hits. 24 damage. Okay, Chuji, wham, wham, wham. You lay that damage right into them, and uh, that's about 40 damage total, and they're looking kind of beat up. Good. Um, is that your turn, Chuji? Yeah. Okay, Masami, it's your turn. Yes. Tino is to the north of you, uh, squaring off against you. Uh, then adjacent to you uh, and between you and Sanku is uh, Gig. And then... Um, Malako is fighting off against Chuji, and Zumi is in the back starting to cast a spell. What do you do? Well, uh, they see the position that they're in, and they decide, uh, oh, fuck that. And they're going to, um, cast Chromatic Image. Okay, Masami, going for Old Faithful, you make a few hand signs, and your shadows flash different colors and start surrounding you from all angles, making it difficult to see you. They are going to, uh, head into Arcane Cascade immediately after that. Okay, and what does this arcane cascade look like? I think to others, they're almost a little blurry in some places. It's like, it's almost like the, there's a mist, or it's either the, there's a mist around them, or pe- whenever people look at Misami, they're like, is there something like clouding my vision? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, I love it. Kind of like they're looking at you out of the corner of their eye. Yep. Okay, Misami, you become shrouded in illusions, and it becomes difficult to perceive you. Um, is that your turn, right? That is their turn, yes. Uh, next in the order is Zumi Ran. And the first thing that Zumi is going to do is she's going to cast a lightning storm. She holds up a hand and the clouds in the sky above start to coil and turn. And two giant lightning clouds kind of erupt from the sky, floating above you all. Two clouds uh, especially darken over you, Masami, and you, Sanku. And one of those clouds, the one over you, Sanku, unleashes a lightning bolt directly down on you. Wow. Sanku, make me a reflex save. Okay. Uh, 31. A 31. That is going to be a failure just about. I see. Lightning blasts into you from above, and that's going to be 76 electricity damage. Oh, God. That's 20 electricity damage, Sanku. Uh, but that storm cloud does not dissipate. Neither of them do. They both still hang heavy in the sky, ready to erupt more lightning down next turn. And Zumi scoffs and says, Well, how about that? I did learn a lesson. Don't use fire magic on a witch with water powers. Sanku, it is your turn. I think Sanku's going to use one of those actions to move a little bit to the west, about 15 feet. And uh, then I'm going to use Elemental Betrayal. Okay, and what's the element you're using? Water. Okay, cool. Water and cold energy kind of swirls around Malako. Uh, right now they're focused on Chuji, so they're not really paying attention to you. Okay, Sanku, that's you, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the devil, it's Malako's turn. And uh, Malako kind of glances at the bubbles for a moment, but then turns their attention back to you, Chuji, and says, Huh, you may be fast, 
But let me tell you, I'm equally as speedy. Hey, Chuji, you're pretty good at flurry of blows, right? Yeah. How about you eat some blade barrage, my friend? Two actions, three attacks. First attack is a 28 to hit. Attack number two, that's <laughs> another right. 28 to hit. And attack number three? Damn. 30. 30. That's a crit fail. Rats. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think it's... I, I don't think Malaku is unskilled or anything. That might be how it sounds with them missing all these attacks. But let me remind you that an average person has an AC of, like, maybe 15. Malaka would shred an ordinary person in a fight. They are a highly skilled and dangerous swordsman. It's just, here's the problem. You're not an average person. As previously established, you're she-fucking-chuji. <laughs> As this blade barrage erupts at you, you dodge, weave, duck, and jump backwards as each attack very nearly hits you, but you are able to avoid every single one of them. Narrowing their eyes at you, uh, Malako ducks and then dashes upwards, wings spreading as they fly up 25 feet. Is that a move action? Yeah, that's a move action. Well, it's a Chuji action to hit. Yes. <laughs> right back at you, motherfucker. <laughs> 35. 35 is a hit. Roll damage. Alright. And Chuji and this guy be like, you want to see speed, motherfucker? <laughs> How much damage is that? That's going to be 23 damage. Chuji's got a real okay. fast reaction time. Uh, regardless, you're not able to stop Malako from flying upwards, and her eyes do widen, but then they look down at you and says, I underestimated you, it seems, but I shan't underestimate you again. I mean, by all means, make as many mistakes as you want. I'll catch every single one. You don't know how fast I really am. <laughs> Tino, it's your turn. Oh, wait, shit. I'm Tino. <laughs> <laughs> Tino wipes his brow a little bit, and he says... Okay, how about we wisen up, Masami? And uh, I think he throws a hell of a punch at you. And that is a fucking 40 tree to hit. Uh Ahem. My clones. Fuck me! Sideways! 1d4, bitch! And I have to... Do do I have to roll a 1 here? 1d4 chance of hitting you. 1 on d4. You have to to put a 1. Okay, I rolled a 1d4, and that's a 2! Okay, Masami, what do you, uh, what does he hit instead? Because he punches really hard. If that had been you, it would have really stung. But it goes into one of your doubles instead. Yep. Um, orange. Acid damage and mental damage. Five each. Uh, he kind of stumbles back a little bit, clutching his hand as it stings, and he says, Ugh! And he looks up at you and cracks a smile and goes, Huh. Well, I guess it's not enough to learn my own new tricks. I gotta keep an eye on the new tricks my friends are learning, too. But hey... You ain't seen nothing yet. And uh, he goes in for another strike. And uh, that is going to be a 39 to hit. It will be. So what do I have to do? Uh, roll 1d6, and if I get a 1 or a 2, it hits, right? Isn't that another... And, uh, uh, yeah, okay, that's a tree. Um, <laughs> yikes. Which means that you get green poison damage, mental damage 5 each, and you are frightened 1. Uh, he's kind of stumbling back again as another one explodes on his hand, and he takes that damage. Woof! He looks at you, Masami, and there's an anxiety sweat kind of going over at him as he pants it. I'm not gonna give up. No matter what, I will not give up! Points for determination. Now you have a coin toss. With his last action, he raises a hand and presses it to his chest. And he casts Lay on Hands on himself. Uh, and that heals him back up to full. 
And he now has a plus two to his AC for one turn. Okay. But this has drained him of his key points, which means he can no longer use key spells. That's going to be his turn. He is no longer frightened, but a holy energy glows around him, protecting him from harm. Okay. But I don't think you're really worried about that. No. I'll tell you what you're worried about. You're worried about that noise coming from behind you. That noise that sounds a lot like... Cool. Sick. And you turn around and Gig the Big Goblin is flexing so hard that her muscles are expanding and she is growing in size like fucking Hulk. Holy shit. She has swelled and grown and she has morphed into this giant muscle monster and she is size large. Thanks to her barbarian feet, giant stature. She's going to be a little easier to hit because of that, but her damage and range have both increased dramatically. She turns and grins at you, Masami, and says, Hey, watch out! And she swings that club down on you. And that is a 33 to hit, Masami. Well, either way, that doesn't hit, so... (laughs) It smacks into the ground near you, and she drags it and swings at you, Chuji. That's going to be a 20 to hit. Crit fail. Okay, she stumbles up a little bit as she swings, and I think she's she's not used to her new huge size, so she's just going to be flat-footed for a turn. But this massive goblin, the size of a hill giant, roars as she swings her club around, making a menace of herself along the field. Chuji, giant goblin to the south, mm. flying Tengu to the north, cool dad to the east, and slut to the northeast. <laughs> wow. <laughs> You're so mean. Um... God, there's it's like it's like they're in a fucking candy shop. Uh, perfect for a blazing streak. Okay, you won't be able to hit Malako because Malako's twenty five feet up. Unless, unless I'm going to offer you a high risk, high reward option. I'll take it, bitch. I will let you add an legs jump to cloud jump up to Malako to hit him. But if you miss them, that is going to be the end of your blazing streak. Okay. This is thirty five. Work for a jump. Fuck you. That sends you 35 feet up into the air. Okay, cool. <laughs> okay, Chuji, you launch yourself into the air to start this blazing streak and start with Malako. Uh, so first hit on Malako, that's going to be a 36. That's going to be 20 damage to Malako. Okay, Chuji, you jump into the air, Ember streaking behind you as you slash into Malako with your uh, blazing attack. You drop to the ground and you're on your feet running. Who's next? Uh... Well, actually, I was thinking about crashing back into the gig. Ooh, okay, and then springboarding off her? Okay, yeah. I'll uh, go for it. 29. 29 is a hit. Roll damage. That's going to be 23 damage. Okay, you fucking snag into her. Easy stuff. Now what? And off of gig, they go towards uh, Tino. Okay, Tino looks like there's a weird glowing shape around him, blocking incoming attacks, so this might be a little bit harder. Let's go, bitch. 28. 28 is a miss, unfortunately. I think your hand kind of, like, deflects off holy energy that's surrounding him. Uh, but you still run. You keep going. Zumi's up in the corner. Go for her. Yes. 26. 26 is unfortunately going to be a miss. Chidi, you did blast into Malaka and Gig. But unfortunately, at the very end, I think uh, the divine energy that, like, you attacked has kind of thrown you off balance. But either that or, mm. you know, I think maybe Zumi's just really good at dodging. I think your attack almost gets her, but she maybe. ducks out of the way. She looks a little bit impressed. And she kind of goes, ha, not bad. Pure little bit startled. Um, Masami, it's your turn. Um, I think Masami is going to go for a spell strike. Okay, against. On Tino. Okay, go for it. He does have a bonus to his AC. 
Man. 36. Even with that holy shield, Masami, you pierce true. What attack are you using? They are going to use Distracting Shatter. What's that do? You bombard a target with distracting auditory illusions surrounding them with a tumultuous cacophony of overlapping speech, whispers, screams, and muttering. The target is flat-footed and takes to penalty to purely auditory perception checks and must succeed at a DC flat check to use auditory abilities or verbal spell components. And do you want to know the greatest thing about having it heightened to level 7, which I have it heightened to right now? I can target up to five creatures, which means everyone on Dino's Toughest is affected by a distracting chatter. Oh my god, they'll all have to make a- oh god. They all have to make will saves. Hi, Zumi! How you doing, you spellcaster? You! <laughs> oh, you're diabolical! <laughs> okay, yeah. Roll this damage, and then everyone's gonna make a save against this effect. Yup. So, 23 damage. Okay, nice and respectable. They're all gonna need to make a will save. Uh, except for Tino, who immediately yep. takes it and is flat forward. Yup. Everyone else needs to... Malako, let's see. Yep. Shit. Fail. Gig. Fail. <laughs> okay. And Zumi. Please, 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 please. Okay, succeeds. Oh, thank God. So what happens on a success? Does anything happen on a success? On a success, duration is... For, oh, so for everyone else, duration is three rounds. Zumi, duration's one round. Oh, no. You have to crit succeed to be unaffected. Jeez. It's this is fine. It's okay. And then... And then what happens? What I now? I have a last action. I haven't used this at all. My level 14 class feat Arcane Shroud. What does Arcane Shroud do? Uh, your spell has a powerful after effect, briefly granting you a certain spell depending on the spell you cast. You use Arcane Cascade and are subject to an additional after effect, sp uh, after effect spell depending on the school of your most recent spell. And the duration lasts until the end of your next turn or its normal duration, whichever is longer. Uh, my spell was Distracting Chatter. And it was an illusion spell. What's so, the spell, Masami? Illusion. Get grants invisibility. Ends after a hostile action as normal. So they are invisible. And guess what? So is their clone, because they still have one more! <laughs> oh my god, you... Okay, Masami, you vanish from sight as this wave of whispers and chatters floods over everyone. And everyone kind of holds their heads, uh, shaken by these illusory noises. And Tino's eyes widen as you disappear in front of him. And he goes, huh? What? And now it's Zumi's turn. Uh, Zumi needs to make a flat check if she wants to sustain a spell as the chatter shiver through her head. Yes. DC, uh, five. DC five? Okay. Yep. Oh, the rollback saved you. Yep, you did it. 18, all right. Misami, she yells and says... Well, first off, screw you! And then lightning explodes from the cloud above you and just attacks the space you're in. 39. That's gonna do it. You're gonna take half damage. That's gonna be 24 damage. Half of that, 12 damage. Uh, this, the, but the distracting chatter is still going on for the round. So Masami's, so Masami's uh, voice is definitely behind them saying, already done. Not quite. And she looks at you, Chuji, and says, I see you're having a fun time racing. Have you ever heard of the tale of the tortoise and the hare? The what? And she's going to cast Tortoise and Hair on you. Chuji, make me a fortune Ooh. save. 28. That's going to be a fail, Chuji. Uh-oh. Everything starts to go very, very slow for you, Chuji. And it will be that way for three rounds. And then you turn very slowly and see Malako moving very, very quickly. 
You've been slowed, and Malako has been quickened. Hmm. And Zumi winks at you and says, Slow and steady wins the race, honey. Fuck. And then she slaps you. She just slaps you across the face. <laughs> does a straight six hit? A 36. Yep. No, it does not. She goes to slap you. But even in slow motion, you block. Like, even at this speed, you are still quite fast. Yeah. Shuji's incredibly fucking fast. They're slick normal. <laughs> and she looks at you like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Senku, it's your turn. You can see that Zumi is being bullied by Zumi Ran. What do you do? Okay. Well, I put a stop to that. Okay. Uh, but first, yeah, I'm going to start with Elemental Betrayal on Malako. Sorry, they're the closest to me. <laughs> uh, water, of course. Then I'm gonna... Sorry, Derry, there's a line. I'm going to cast Frigid Flurry. Ah, you're casting Frigid Flurry? That's a straight line, right? Yes. That would hit Chuji because Chuji is in a uh, line of sight of you, right? It really would, but it won't. Why not? Because Frigid Flurry flows harmlessly around your allies, so Chuji will just experience a nice cool little breeze. The Frigid Flurry blasts into Malako, then swims around Chuji and reforms directly into Zumiran. So what do I have to roll for this? I need two reflex saves. Uh, one from Malako and one from Zumi. Okay. Okay, well, Malako got a success, so that's going to be half damage. And Zumi got a nat one. Whoopsies. Zumi, no, honey. That's unfortunate. You fucking hate her. Well, Malako takes half of 56 damage. Zumi takes 112 damage, I think. That's going to be 28 damage to Malako, but dear sweet Zumi. She doesn't even see this coming. Uh, she's in the middle of like standing before Chuji and mocking them like, oh! And then out of nowhere, this blast of cold air slashes into her, cutting her up. And she's stumbling, and she's really hurt, like immediately almost not KO. Ah, what, what the? And she looks over Chuji's shoulder and sees you, Sanku, and she points at his, you. <laughs> and next in the order, swooping down from behind you, Chuji, is your best friend, Malako. Wasting no time on banter, they call and they slash into you. Uh, they fly down with one action and play barrage with two actions. Uh, 36 to hit? 36 does not hit. It's one below my AC. Okay. How about... How about a 40? Yeah, 40 hits. Okay. So this is going to be 3d6 plus turning slashing damage. That's uh, 25 slashing damage. And then on top of that, uh, they're going to attack one last time with their last action. That's a 14 to hit. Jesus. I think they just fucking literally step out of the way. They bounce out of the way. Oh, so you know what? I'll say that not one means that they fly into Zumi and attack her by instead. There's going to be 23 slashing damage to do Zumi as she says, Oh, that hurt! And Malaka's like, Zumi, I'm sorry! And they turn to you, Chuji, and say, You'll pay for that! For what you did? Yes! They say, looking very flustered. Uh, Alright, you say so. <laughs> Tino's turn! Uh, Tino is no longer shielded by Leon Hands, and uh, they can't see you, Masami. So uh, instead of being a moron just punching randomly, uh, they he kind of turns and looks over his shoulder at Chuji and starts sprinting towards them. Is that a movement action and can I use that attack uh, opportunity? Uh, <laughs> make that attack roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm evil this fight. You are. <gasps> I'm evil this fight. Hello, crit. Well, you're no longer invisible. <laughs> I'm no longer invisible. Fasami fucking appears behind this man and goes, Oh my god. Boom. 45 to hit. Roll me that damage. 
That is 34 damage. And that actually means his uh, his action is disrupted. He can't run away. You actually stop him from fleeing. <laughs> so he stumbles, and he like you disrupt his action. He turns. He says, Ah, oh, there you are, bud. And then I think he swings his fist into you instead. No. <laughs> 23 doesn't hit. Okay. What about uh, 28? Nope. Punch, punch. Masami, you throw it off his game. He's very much so caught off guard. He's surprised by this, you know? Um, Gig's turn. Gig giggles and says, <laughs> There they are indeed. And they swing their club down at you. Does a 27 hit? No, and it is so close to a crit fail. Let's try again. How about a 32? No. <laughs> Let's try one last time. 38. Okay, that one actually hits, but clone. Uh, <laughs> all right, fine. Let's see. Uh, 1d2. Oh, this hits you. Okay, they actually hit Masami. Masami, the club flies down at you, and it doesn't matter if it's your clone or not. It hits you. It's a big fucking club. That's going to be 43 damage as she squashes at you. Oh, right. Okay. Um, now that was a hit and a half. Next into the order, Chuji. You are slow, Malaku is fast, and Zumi is badly injured. What do you do? Let's let's start getting serious. Chuji's okay. going to uh, two action, one inch punch, uh, Zumi. This will be your whole turn, okay? Oh, right, because I'm slow. That's right. You want If you want to go down there, go for it. I definitely do. That's a nat 20. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Even when you're slow. <laughs> actually, holy shit. Wait, Chuji. Roll damage. Mm-hmm. Roll damage. That's going to be 82 damage. So, Chuji, even in your slowed state, you turn, you grip your fist, and you fucking punch her so hard across the face that immediately, <laughs> as it, like, punches into Zumi, you hit her right in the jaw, and she goes, ah! and she's fucking launch flying, and she is knocked. K.O. And Gig, Tino, and Malako all turn into unison and go, Zumi, no! And Malako turns and looks at you, Chuji, and says, How could you? Oh, slow and steady wasn't enough for you? <laughs> Ooh, that's so good. I'm going to give you a hero point for it. Thank you. I'll take it. Um, unfortunately, that is your turn. You are slowed. But the timer counts down. You'll only be slurred for two more turns. Yes. Masami, it's your turn. Uh, Tino and Gig surround you. Uh, Malako is right up against Chuji, and Zumi is KO. Uh, what do you do? They are going to um, Dimensional Assault, and they are going to Dimensional Assault right behind Tina. Okay, does Dimensional Assault have to move trait? Um, it has a teleport. <laughs> okay, it doesn't count. You teleport, and you see Gig, like, slam down and, like, miss where you were a second ago and go, <laughs> darn! Uh, sorry, hon, gotta be faster than a blink. <laughs> uh, well, meanwhile, Tino is not faster than you. Uh, he, he looks around and goes, huh? Uh, that is a hit on a 34. 34 is a hit. Roll damage. Damage on that is 27. Okay. Masami, you slash into Tino, and he lets out uh, as he stumbles back, and you can see he's starting to get pretty injured. Yeah, and then my favorite thing. Oh, God. Dimensional Assault refreshes my Spell Strike. That's so true, isn't it? So. Uh-huh. Spell Strike. Chain Lightning. Oh no. Everyone, no. Gig and Malako have man, to make on, reflex man. saves. Tino takes the brunt of it. Uh. So first I have to make that strike. Uh, 31. That's just his AC. Yo. <gasps> damage. That is, okay. Oh my god. So that is 31 damage from the sword. 
then it's 37 damage from the Chain Lightning. King and Malaka both rolled, and they both got crit fails. Malaka from a nat 1, and Gig from just rolling really low. 74 damage each of them. And you can see that they're pretty badly hurt by this, as Lightning electrocutes through all of them, one by one, and they all yell. Sonny, is that your turn? That is their turn. Okay. Tino kind of stumbles back a little bit and grins at you, clearly in pain, and says, Hey, I'm really proud of you, Masami. Thanks. Uh, Sanku, it's your turn. You can see that you're really pushing on the other team's endurance. Everyone that's still up are starting to really struggle. What do you do? I'm going to use Elemental Betrayal again, this time on Gig with Fire. And then I'm going to use Scattered Fire. And I'm going to blast one at Malaco. And then I'm going to blast another one at Gigantino. Oh my god, it'll hit everyone. Aww. Oh, okay. Oh. 14 for Gig. Wow, she's not doing great. Ooh. 23 for Tino. 28 for Malaco. Uh, uh, that doesn't save. Uh, for Gig, uh, that, that's a crit fail, I think. So roll me that damage. Then that's 38. Uh, plus the 8 from uh, Elemental Betrayal. Uh, so Tino takes 38 damage, so does Malako. They're both looking pretty poorly. And then and then Dear Sweet Gig is hit by a point-blank eruption of fireworks that does 76 damage to her. She roars out like... Rah! And uh, Gig kind of stumbles back and points to you and says, ah, Hey, no matter what, you've got some pretty cool fireworks, fish boy. Thank you. It's Malako's turn, and you can see that they're kind of short on breath. Even while slowed and I'm boosted, you're still outpacing me. How is that even possible? <laughs> I'm she fucking Chuji. Ooh, ooh, grimacing. Uh, I think they're just gonna strike at you. Just a few quick strikes. Mm. That's a thirty-seven. Thirty-seven is just my AC. Okay, that's gonna be twenty-three slashing damage. All right. Um, then they're going to strike again, and that's going to be a 24. Not great. Crit fail. Uh, I'm going to say they miss an action as they're kind of stumbling, readjusting, and with their last of their four actions, that's going to be an 18 to hit. Crit fail. I'm going to let you make an attack back as you, they swing your sword at you. You dodge and make a counterattack. Make me attack roll. Okay, sure. Holy fuck. My brother in Christ. 42. Riz, can I ask you a personal question? Yeah, what's up? What the fuck? <laughs> That's not very personal. Yeah, you'll be surprised. A nat 20 is a fucking critical hit. Yeah. Roll damage. <laughs> 44 damage. Gigi, how do you take Malako out with his counterattack? I'm so sorry, but all of the missed hits. Gigi's just, like, dodging around them with, like, their head. I, I like to think. And then once Malako just looks, like, a little bit tired out, Gigi takes that moment to punch real hard uh, right into Malako's gut uh, and send him flying towards the end of the uh, emblem that they're standing on. Okay, Malako is sent flying and they are KO! Hey, look at that. Slow and steady won the race. Again? Yeah. Slow and steady won two races <laughs> in a row. Can you believe it? Uh, Malako is out. Tino's turn. Tino just kind of like smiles and says, Hey, we can all see where this is going, man. I told you to win this tournament. <laughs> and then he just throws a flurry of blows at you. Okay. 32 to hit. Does not hit. How about a 28 to hit? 
does not hit. I think he's going for a strike against your legs. 29 is also a miss. Yep. Okay, again, I don't think he's like a dumb shit or anything. He's not going and like fucking around on the floor. He is a powerful martial artist, but you're just too fast for him. He can't keep up with you as you dodge and weave around each and every one of his punches. Even as he's fighting and losing, he is smiling. He's having fun with his friends, and that's what matters to Tino. (laughs) That's his turn. He comes out of this offensive stance to get into a defensive one, ready for your next barrage. It's Gig's turn. Get over here! Uh, Gig's going right for you, Sanku. She's going to try to grab you. Uh, Does Rene hit your 42 DC? Uh, My DC is a 35, so no. Okay, you kind of like duck out of the way, and she grunts, and she swings her maul. And that's going to be a 36 to hit. Uh, 36? Uh, yeah, that hits. That's going to be 36 damage as that club bonks into you. Ow. And she goes, (laughs) And that is her turn. Shuji, it's your turn. Gig and Tino are both looking poorly. All right. What do you do? Uh, Gig and Tino will die by my hands. And they're just here to have fun. They'll only be knocked down. I know. I think Chuji, vessel of pride that they are, uh, they move over to Gig because Gig is the biggest thing they could see right now. Gig um, is pretty big. Gig is pretty big. Love Gig. Um, and just gonna punch into Gig. Okay, go for it. What are flurry blows? Well, one of those was a nat 20. I love playing Pathfinder. Yeah? My favorite pastime. <laughs> Gets me true every week. Every week, I'm like, boy, oh boy, I can't <laughs> wait to play some Pathfinder later in the week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ritz, one of those a hit and one of those is a crit. Roll damage. 25 plus 66 damage. How much is that total? Uh, that's going to be... <laughs> Isn't that 91? Uh, 91. Juji, how do you fucking take Gig out? <clears throat> okay. You're taking out three of these Chuji. guys, by the way. What I the know. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> The only reason he's going didn't a little bit insane now that I'm just watching is because God cursed you with slow. <laughs> yeah, I would have <laughs> taken that bitch out too. And by God, we mean Zimmy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I guess the same way the other two uh, it happened. Um, Chuji grinning runs towards Gig and just uh, lays both their fists into them. You fucking cyberpunk edgerunner style. Blah, 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 into Gig. And Gig, the big goblin, stumbles once, stumbles twice. And then collapses. And she is K.O. Holy shit. Chuji? Yeah? You're no longer slowed. Sick. Uh, Chuji turns to all the other teams and uh, Haujin and all the sponsors and goes, Yeah! (laughs) Masami, it's your turn. Tino turns in a defensive stance. And he looks around. He sees all his allies are down. But, like, he's got a face on. Like, okay, come on. Show me what you've got. You know? (laughs) Don't get it. Tell me twice. They're going to refresh their spell strike. (laughs) With an action. Oh, being extra, are we? You don't <laughs> need to do that. Come on. Go for it. <laughs> and then they are going to spell strike Electric Arc with their Chokoto. 33. Masami, roll me this damage. Damage is 28 damage. Uh-huh. And with the... Still sounding for now. And with the Electric Arc. That is another 28 damage. Masami Takahara, how do you take him out? Oh, man. Um, I think... After a quick, like, breathing technique to bring back their spell strike, um, with every breath, lightning goes, like, shoots up their chokudo. Then, with a flourish, they grasp it in both hands, 
and fucking samurai dash straight through with a cut. Ooh. And Tino Tung is standing, and then he topples to the ground. K.O. And everything just kind of goes quiet before rousing applause echoes through the field as you stand victorious. The fighters of Tino's Toughest stand up and shake hands with you, patting you on the back and congratulating you for your hard-earned victory. The sponsors chat excitedly, all of them eyeing you up greedily. You all go back to sit with Tino's Toughest and watch the rest of the fights. You watch the Arms of Balance get a narrow victory over Steps of the Sun. Meanwhile, Steps of the Sun duel against and best the Biting Roses. And you watch in dismay as the Lightkeepers trounce Winter's Roar. Eventually, though, the crown match of tonight's exhibition begins. The Bidding War. One by one, teams are summoned to stand in front of the sponsors so that they may be fought over in an auction. Tino's toughest are the first to go up. His first bidding war is not particularly long. Yensing Jirai bids highest and by a large amount, drowning out all opposition. She offers them gold, treasures, and powerful, powerful analytical tools to figure out their best chances of winning any one fight. The next team are the Arms of Balance, who are squabbled over briefly between Kasuhida and Vangarat, before eventually Vangarat wins, promising them powerful weapons inspired by Vudra. But eventually, you guys stand up, and you follow the same process as the others. Chuji, Sanku, and Masami. You line up in front of the box of sponsors who are still available, and they look down on you. Haojin speaks and says, Radiant wins. Tell the sponsors why you are worthy of their sponsorship. You glance at each other, and now you need to sell yourselves. Tell them why you're the best goddamn fighters in this arena. The sponsors watch on expectantly, ready to hear your pitch. Uh, she steps up, and they go, I hit hard, and I hit to fucking win. I don't give up. I can down anyone in this arena. And that's just a fact. Uh, and Chuji kind of, um... Not like bows, but like kind of presents themselves with their hands and their kind of embers kind of flying off of them. I fight tactically with no wasted movement. Every move I have is calculated, and you can bet that there's going to be a fireworks show in the process. If not that, maybe a little darkness. I'm a witch. I love magic and everything about it. It, it feels like it's the blood that keeps me alive sometimes. I want to learn everything I can about magic from my familiar and my patron. I want to learn everything that I can about magic from my familiar and patron Lolo. But I want to win this tournament using my magic and any other magic I can get my hands on. I love how pretty it is and I love how strong it is and I especially love the ways that it's unique. I'm going to show everyone how strong I am without a weapon. And now, the sponsors look at each other. Ready? Fight! Fight. The bidding bidding war war begins! begins. One by one, they begin to call out to you. First is gonna be Unmar, and he says, I will give you... 7,000 gold, a greater corrosive rune, a wand of continuation, uh, four greater potions of resistance. And I'll pull some strings with my business contracts and lower the prices of any alchemical items that you buy in Goka by 25% for the duration of the tournament. 
Uh, Lady Zaishia speaks next and says, 7,000? Let's make that 9,000 gold. Um, greater Flaming Rune, a Necklace of Fireballs, a Greater Bravo's Brew, and unfettered access to my multidimensional wardrobe to give you an edge like no other in turning the crowds in your favor during the tournament. Which does have a mechanical effect, by the way. Getting the crowds on your side is really important. Lady Tao speaks and says, 5,000 gold, but I'll also throw in an Robe of the Arch Magi, a Greater Shock Rune, a Stone Bullet, and a Scroll of any 8-level spell. And I'll upgrade your Ruby Village accommodation to a magnificent mansion for you to stay in every day. Sir Hida, like, folds his arms and then speaks out and says, 5,000 gold, an anti-magic rune, a high-grade silver shield or buckler, and an instant fortress. And I will give you uh, four of my mercenaries to fight for you for the next few weeks. Uh, he is then cut across by Lady Kumai Shai, who puts up her hand and says, um, 7,000 gold, a high-grade silver buckler shield, and a wondrous figurine of an obsidian steed. And I'll organize a private audience between you and anyone you like in Goka, from Lady Hao Jin to the Empress herself. Uh, Unmark kind of like rolls his tongue for a second, trying to figure out if he wants to push more, but no, he sits out. He's done. He's not pulling in more. Uh, notably, the spider, Bukin Tagora, has not uh, done any auctioning. He doesn't care. So Unmar has dropped out. That's his, uh, that's his pledge. Take it or leave it. Lady Tao, however, kind of inhales and exhales and says... I'll add a Staff of Power to my previous bid, a Stormbreaker Fulu, and an Oil of Animation. Only for her to be one up by Lady Zai, who goes, mm. On top of my previous bid, you know, the gold and the flaming stuff, uh, let's add a Crystal Ball, uh, four potions of flying, and a Scroll of Uncontrollable Dance. How about that? Kazuhita shakes his head and says, Alright, we're one-upping. On top of everything else, I will offer to you... Eight fire starter pellets, an apricot of bestial might, and an invisible chain shirt. On top of everything I've already offered to you. This is all happening very fast, obviously. It's hard to keep up, honestly. Kumai Shai kind of, like, whips out a fan and hides uh, her smile behind it and she says, Previous offer, and then on top of that, I will offer you any custom weapon that you choose and any one scroll of a ninth level spell. Lady Zai and Lady Tao kind of like glance at each other and they're not offering more. They've done all they can for you. But uh, you can see Hida turns and he's not done. And he kind of like cocks his head at uh, Lady Q and says, hmm. All previous offers. And on top of that, 4,000 more gold, a greater impactful rune, a winged rune stone. And I will give you all the chance to retrain up to three feats per fighter with my own personal legendary trainer in the week leading up to the tournament. Bullshit. Oh my god. Whoa. <laughs> right? Uh, oh Lady Kumai Shine, not to be outdone. She shakes her head and says, Very bold, Hida. Final <laughs> bit. On top of everything else, I offer you 7,000 more gold, a headband of inspired wisdom, and... During the tournament and a month afterwards, I will give each of you a Frost Drake mount from the uh, Ice Fang area for you to uh, use. And you will be able to ride these Frost Drake mercenaries oh in battle. Okay. Um, and the two of them seem to be at a stalemate. Uh, you can go for the lower offers too, but these two have been fighting over you. I will say neither side will be upset if you don't pick them. Obviously, we're going to go for Fuck either it. of them. Fuck it. They're... We go with Unmar. <laughs> we go with the one that fucking hates us. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, Lady Q, basically, she can let you fly in combat while you're riding these drakes, but General Hida can basically help you retrain a shit ton of your feats and possibly make new builds if you so choose. 
Um, God, the, both of their offers are good, though. I know. Like, Hita's what is the really fuck? Good. They're both really good. I don't know what to choose. I personally I, think Hita. I I love man. I love cute. I love so her. Corey has a broom. A three feet. That'd be really useful. Yeah. I think I but think like, we God might. Damn. Maybe I think we maybe maybe I, maybe a little baby should go as Hita. Maybe a little bit. Chuji Chuji crosses their arms and they're like, "I'm choosing Hita." They kind of shrug you out. I. I think I kind of agree. That audience would probably be really good for reasons, but <sighs> this is also a tournament we have to win. This fierce battle comes to an end, and you all turn, and Lady Haojin looks to you all and says, Radiant wins. Who have you selected to be your sponsor? Uh, we are choosing Hida. General Hida. A few fireworks go off from the bleachers, and uh, cheers go through the crowd. Um, Kasuhita beams as you all come up into the sponsor box and sit alongside him. And he pats you all on the back and says, Well done. I look forward to working with all of you. This is a choice that you won't soon regret. As the rest of the sponsors continue, you see what each of the other sponsors pick. Malika Tao ultimately bids on the Speakers of the Winds, respecting their intellectual and magical pursuits. Lord Aldenar Unmar goes with the Biting Roses. Uh, very interested Aldenar Unmar bids on the Biting Roses, taken by their unorthodox magic. Lady Kumai Shai finds a kinship with the Winter's Roar, uh, having previously been impressed of their knowledge of dragons. Lady Zai Shia patronizes the Steps of the Sun, who share her love of music and art. And finally, Lord Bukan Tagora easily bids on the... Lord Bukin Tagora throws all his wealth into the Lightkeepers, stumping out. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. Any of the patrons who had tried to bid on them, you return to Kasuhida's place to celebrate this new partnership, and you've earned a shit ton of loot, over 50,000 gold worth of treasure. This is the start of a beautiful new partnership, the start of the Ruby Phoenix tournament, and the start of Chapter 2. The tournament! <laughs> <laughs>